0: This week on the show, we have Shane Smith, dedicated Metal Gear historian and lore translator.
1: My husband, he loves Gundam. So, and I'm talking like, just loves Gundam. He got me. Is he, is he excited for the movie? He, you have no idea. He lost his damn mind. He was actually underway when the news came out, and he came home and he's like, Did you see? <laughs> And I was like, yes, I saw. <laughs> I follow Jordan on Twitter. Of course I saw. And so the last date we went on in Japan was at the Gundam Cafe in Akihabara. They have an entire cafe for Gundam. Uh, they have multiple in Japan, right? But we the closest one was in Akihabara. And I surprised him with it. We just I got a babysitter. I was like, get on the train. Just shut your eyes when we get to Akihabara. I will lead you out of the station. And uh, he had his nice little haro... Uh, cappuccino and i forget what he ordered i think i had like the amu rice that they drew a gundam on it it was really really cute oh and that's awesome i took a picture of him in front of this cardboard cutout of Shar Aznable, which is his favorite <laughs> it was are awesome.
2: those not all those cafes are permanent though are they was this a
1: permanent one this was a permanent one and it's right next to the akb 48 cafe as well Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I think I know where you're talking about, actually. Yeah. I think you're thinking of the one. I've
2: never been there, but I've seen like enough pictures that I feel like oh, I yeah. can navigate it.
1: It's been there for a long time. And that one and the one in Odaiba, which is where the mm. life size Gundam is. Yeah.
2: That's, that's on my bucket list.
1: We, we want to, we're trying to go back to Japan. Like, we want to go back really, really badly. Uh, it's pretty much up to the Navy, right? Where we go. So, yeah. because right now they have a Gundam built that moves and everything and it's awesome and uh but they're taking it down in like two years so, no we're on the clock. no yes, it's, yes. why it's amazing
2: no i didn't know that now i'm angry because i've only got it, two years to get to japan
1: yeah it's gonna be gone Damn in it. two years it's generating a lot of money right now though what is it you oh. pay I think you pay thirty dollars just to go to like the the they call it the landing dock, right? You get to stay. Yeah, I guess, but right well, you could probably see that thing from like a mile away. Oh, it's huge! It's huge, and they built a Gundam cafe right next to it, so you can like sit on the terrace right on the water and just see this <sighs> Gundam move. It's beautiful.
2: Why would you put all that effort in and then just tear it down a few years? It's later? a lot of money to upkeep.
1: I guess.
2: <laughs> you sound <Man>. so sad. <laughs> I am sad. I gotta. I gotta go now. He's like, like now I'm on a deadline. Thank you. you, you. Yeah, sorry.
0: Hey, I'm Fingers.
3: Hey everyone. This is Days Ahead.
0: And I'm Nitroid. You're listening to the Kojima
2: Frequency. Were you there when um, they had the Metal Gear, um, oh, like, escape room?
1: Thing? No, that was right after we left. Like, right after oh, we left. That blows. And I was pissed. <laughs> I was so yeah. livid. And
2: they only had it for, like, what, three months, and then it was Oh, yeah, gone. it was
1: it was a pop-up shop type thing. Yeah. And I remember seeing it online, like, really, really, right after we leave. I'm sitting in Monterey, which is, like, the most expensive place to live in California. Like, Seating.
2: Yeah, the closest I'm ever going to get to that is like Super Bunny Hops video. Super Bunny ho- Oh, yeah. It's like a $10,000 trip, though. It is. It's really expensive. Yeah. If you want to do it right, man, I wish I could just spend like two weeks there. Really just like, I feel like a week I'm going to get there. We're going to do stuff and then it's going to be over before we've even started. But if I had like two weeks, I could really ingest it.
3: Bro, after the last like two weeks, you need to be there for like the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, hiding.
3: Oh God, yeah,
1: seriously. So, Metal Gear Solid Five comes out when we were living there. My son was like, "Oh God, how old was my son?" He was like five months old, right? So, <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five comes out. I remember we went and we just went to the next, which is like Navy Walmart, right? And uh picked up an American copy. And like, I'll forever remember like the smell of the air because we had opened the doors, the back doors, let the air in because it was hot and. We turned off all the lights and we popped that game in for the first time. And it's just like, I'll never get to play it for the first time ever again. And then there's this old game shop at this mall called Dae Mall that's like right outside the base. And it's like this super old 80s, 90s game shop, Japanese games. And they had the MSX cartridges for Metal Gear and Metal Gear 2. Sweet. Oh, shit. Yeah.
0: What's
2: funny and, is they're just as expensive over in Japan as they are here. Those they, things are rare.
1: They were, I'm talking like big bugo bucks. I rem- I regret it every damn day. I didn't pick them up, but they were so expensive. I'm talking, it was like 10,000 yen, a cartridge. It was, it's a hundred bucks. Yeah. Was, I had a guy
2: that I got in touch with once and, um, he was a, a rare collector, um, and had a bunch of contacts all over, uh, Japan. And uh, I had an opportunity to buy a sealed copy of Metal Gear 2. Oh, my God. Uh, He wanted roughly about 15,000 yen for it.
1: Yeah, that's 15,000. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, that's about how it goes. Because when you go down to Akihabara as well, which is also called the Electric City, right? This is where like the start of electronics in Japan started was Akihabara, and it just turned into otaku town. Which I really—it's actually like downplays Akihabara because you see so many awesome things in Akihabara, just like the latest technology gadgets, all that stuff, and they have a shit ton of old video game stores. This is where you would find your like creepy pasta games. Because I'm, I'm not, I'm not even, I'm not even shitting you. Because people will mod their old games, and you can walk into any goddamn game store in Akihabara and be like, "I want to sell this game." They don't even look at it twice; they buy it back from you, and they put it in a bin, and then you get a creepy, po- a Japanese creepypasta pasta game out of a Akihabara shop.
2: Oh, that's kind of cool.
1: Yeah, and so like, where there was this one, I don't remember the name of it, but like, it was kind of like Spencer's. You know how they got the good shit in the back, so yeah. it's like you would Shit, walk into this st- just kidding <laughs> right <laughs> like you would walk straight to the back i'm talking like old like amiga msx um super old dreamcast ps1 like just straight up like really old games and they were all so expensive and i miss it every damn day i wish like i got my i have a n64 i picked up from japan so i have a japanese n64 and a whole bunch of Japanese in 64 games. I think we have we have Japanese Banjo-Kazooie that my kids love to play. And <laughs> Animal Crossing. Double no Mori. So
2: what um what got you into the Japanese language? I mean, was that just like a result of you moving there? Or was that something you were interested prior to moving so it was, there?
1: It was definitely something I was interested in prior. Like, when I was in high school. Again, I grew up in like, I'm talking the boonies. Midwest America. Where, oh, like, that's,
2: yep, I got you. I you know what you're talking about. Uh,
1: <laughs> There was like, it was a history lesson. I was in like seventh grade and they were talking about Japan. I thought it was the most beautiful country I've ever seen in my life. And from then I would just like collect books and I had undiagnosed autism. You'll love to see it. And I just hyper fixated on Japan for like three years straight. And uh, I was self-taught and, like, I'm talking, like, the most basic Japanese ever. Like, I could say super basic phrases and that was pretty much it. I wasn't really good at retaining the language. I had nobody to practice on. I just was reading books and, like, watching anime as you do. And um, then I meet my husband, uh, which was a story in itself. Uh, let's just say we met on Xbox Live. And, nice. Um, we we were playing Left 4 Dead 2 together or we were playing Left 4 Dead together and uh, we met and like a it was a like you know how you just join random ass like lobbies he was in a lobby like I didn't I wasn't friends with any of his friends we just ran lobby and we played like 50 games together and then uh, come to find out he lived like 30 minutes away from me and whoa and, yeah so uh, here we are two kids in
2: do you think love can bloom even on a battlefield yeah, I do. <laughs> That's awesome.
1: And, yeah. Aww. Is that like how
0: that uh, that game does like matchmaking though? Is it like proximity based?
1: It seems like that way, right? Like it seemed too convenient, but maybe it is proximity because he really was only 30 minutes away from yeah. me living.
0: Shout out Left For Dead.
1: Yeah. Love to see it, Left 4 Dead. <laughs> but he had come down, he had driven down to like take me on a date to Buffalo Wild Wings. And I know so for me that was fancy.
2: Hey, that Buffalo Wild Wings is awesome.
1: I had never had a man take me out on a date before. He he, he let me get, like, a 30-piece wing that we shared, and I ate, like, 15 of them. <laughs> nice.
2: <30 laughs> you know, piece. I
1: just straight up cleaned up half. And he tells me, like, right then and there, like, oh, I'm an officer in the Navy, and we're going. I'm going to Japan in, like, a month. So I wanted to take you out. I'm like, okay, cool. Yeah, you're paying for my meal. This is awesome. And then... <laughs> a year goes by, he's in Japan and already, and he's he calls me one day, he's like, I can't take this anymore, and I'm like, oh, he's breaking up with me. Long distance relationship sucks. And he's like, I just gave you $600, I wired you $600, go get your passport. I'm flying you out to Bruh. Japan, I can't take it anymore. And so, <gasps> yeah, and so literally, right after I got off the Skype call with him, I went and got my passport. A week later, the passport comes in. Three days after that, I'm on a plane to Japan. And...
2: That is amazing.
1: The rest is history I learned a lot of my Japanese by living in Japan, which is I can say by doing literally everything beforehand. I had a tutor, I tried doing self teaching. I tried doing like I paid for like an online course for like a couple months, didn't do anything for me other than like learning a few new phrases. Being in Japan, talking to Japanese people and being in the culture is probably the best teacher you could have. Yeah, just kind of diving in. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I learned a lot. And um, it was probably some of the, not probably, it was the best experience of my life. It was on my bucket list for so long just to be in Japan. And not only that, I learned a good chunk of the language. I I got married. Uh, I have a Japanese uh, marriage registration (laughs) that I had to get translated (laughs) because we got married at the Yokosuka City Hall. And I have my children there. And, yeah, that was... It was a dream come true. Aww. So.
2: That's the best story I've heard in a while.
3: (laughs) Yeah, stop giving us optimism. This is whack. (laughs) I'm used to being upset. Like, that's my normal. This show is about being miserable and talking about remake rumors. (laughs)
2: Especially over the past two weeks. Jesus Christ.
0: So... You're using that uh that knowledge in Japanese to to translate some of the uh, MGS novels, right?
1: Yeah, so I made it like abundantly clear on the Twitter. Like, do not quote my translations for anything credible until we get like a actual credible licensed translation. I'm doing this completely for free and I post it one chapter at a time because it is a lot of work. I have the book right here. It's six hundred pages and it's in Bunko Bon format, which is like the really small book, right? So it's like super mm-hmm. compact. Um the way I do it is I will open up one page and I'll take a picture of it and I go literally uh, hiragana katakana kanji like character by character and I have to like do it because when with one character it like complements the other and like you have to like it. it's not like you can say one character in Japanese and think that that's the word because in Japanese is very like contextual so you have to like read it all as is. So a lot of the time, like, if it's kanji that I don't understand, I have to put it in, like, this translation. So I put it in literally, like, Google Translate and, like, have to interpret it with the rest of the sentence so it doesn't sound too literal. So I do a lot of, like, contextual edits that way. And it's a slog. It's literally – it's it's as hard as it sounds where it sounds like I'm just taking pictures and just, like, posting it as I see it when I literally sit here for hours and, like, have to reread a sentence and make sure that it's right,
0: yeah, um, try to extract the true meaning out of what it's trying to say,
1: yeah, because again, a lot of Japanese is contextual, like it's it's a very don't wanna don't wanna put it to another language, but like you know how like a lot of Italians use their hands to to speak <laughs> <laughs> because you know they really wanna push push forward what they wanna say, it's the same with Japanese, a lot of like eye contact, a lot of hand movements, a lot of like you need to like say it in context with like either the previous or the the oncoming sentence eye contact yeah. <laughs> but that's what i'm trying to say so it's like it's it's really hard when it's like when kanji comes up and it's like well i don't know what that means and like this sentence is trying to go this way but this kanji can literally mean like anything and this could like turn the sentence this way and so and there are
2: situations where they'll like they'll use certain words or kanji that have more than one meaning and they and like there's a there's a play on words there so it's not always easily translatable right
1: it's true and actually a lot of kanji and a lot of even just the straight up uh hirigana has uh furigana, which is like the tiny little like words on the side of the hiragana or the kanji that kind of yeah. explains what it is uh when you say it literally from the furigana, and so that helps a lot because it's like okay well i can take it contextually from like what it's trying to tell me here it's still hard. That's why I took that, like, I'm sure you guys all saw, I took, like, two months off because I was burnt the hell out, and uh, chapter four was, like, looming over me. Chapter four was 30 pages long. I had just posted it yesterday. Yeah, I was I was reading through that this week or earlier today. Yeah, it was so... I just posted a chapter today, and... Um, It was so long that took me days to do.
2: So what's like your favorite thing that you've sort of discovered through this process as you're as you're going through the books and and sort of taking them apart?
0: Yeah, because the books are definitely different than the games.
3: Oh, it adds so much more context in the books.
0: And sometimes just extra bullshit that's not canon at all. So it's just like, it's like, all right, cool.
1: Yeah, it's definitely. um, Looking
0: at you, Raymond Benson.
1: Yeah. Don't get me started. I'm actually going (laughs) to tear into him if you let me. But it was definitely in the Metal Gear Solid V novel. I was going through like random pages and just translating pages, right? Because that's easy. And um, I found the chapter where, come to find out, Eli was raised in a lab and Eva was there helping raise him. And that's coming later in the novel. Hmm. So that was so, insane. That was just a
0: random page that you That was just it. a I mean, random. He
2: does kind of strike me as a kid who was raised in a small room. Yeah. He, <laughs> it
1: was like it explained that Eli was happy where he was. Cause that's all he knew was like white walls and a lab. And he was like being experimented on. And he was like being trained to do like certain military stuff in this, in this all white lab. And uh, there's like a certain scientist. I want to say it's, paramedic like dr clark right but like they never explained who this scientist is um just straight up one day says like oh you're a clone just straight up to the to, to <laughs> eli oh you're a clone and then eva comes in and like just goes the fuck off on this scientist like why why would you say that he's a person and but after that moment Eli just changes, and that's explored in the book.
0: It's a lot to take
1: in. It's
3: like uh, Rick and Morty. You pass the butter. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's
1: literally what happened to Eli. <laughs> you pass butter. <laughs> and he just, you know, takes over. That's pretty much, takes over a small boy unit in Africa after that. Right. <laughs> he so, just
2: becomes like a, a small level warmonger <laughs> after that.
1: Also, they, ex- just, they ex- just
0: Eli things. Oh,
1: yeah. Just, small, just so- Eli things. Sociopathic clone Eli things they also uh, extrapolate more on the um the tapes right so a lot, a lot of the tapes that are some of the tapes some of the tapes are explored in the novel uh one of them that I found today actually was the one where is the tape where they're interrogating Huey and they're talking about like you got a son don't you did you put him in the philanthropist you, you idiot and of course he was like no not me <laughs> like you know all this stuff but in the book <laughs> In the book, like Ocelot makes him hold his gun and like point it at Ocelot, being like, "Well, you killed, you killed Strangelove. You probably killed your son. Wouldn't you kill me?" And that's like where Damn. that's where Huey's like, "I'm a normal Jeez. person. I'm not one of you people." And that's in the book. Like, I think I was actually telling one of my friends today, like, you can get away with a lot in prose that you can't get away with in a triple A game. That is like is being seen but when it comes to yeah. prose when it comes to a, a novel like you can like
2: and that's can... one of the things with <laughs> Huey that kind of got lost in the game is that yes he's an absolute asshole but he's also kind of right about a lot of stuff
1: yeah that's the- I think
3: wasn't I feel like that whole like when he's like you know as much as we make fun of the whole like uh it's not a wolf or it's not a dog it's a wolf like that was like a metaphor for like that it's like that onion article that's like heartbreak. Man you dis- really dislike. Man, you hate me right makes about a good something. point.
1: Man you right. hate makes a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's he was right about a lot of things, but I, uh, I don't know if we can excuse like, you know, murder. Well, when I say murder, yeah. obviously like everyone's a murderer in this in this damn game. But when it comes right. to Right, like, we're angrier the,
2: about like Huey murdering strange love than it's, like Big Boss killing.
1: Than, like having of- a cult a murder cult. Yeah. Yeah. We'll oh, get into that in a bit, but what I was trying to, to it was uh <laughs> Um Huey is hated because of his deception only because he was literally one of the scientists that was like I will literally sell Big Boss for a fucking corn chip if you will give me a place to work on shit like i will sell out who i have Yeah, it's really
0: out. self-serving
1: yeah yeah whereas the polar opposite which i love to talk about all the time christopher randolph i'm shouting you out he has the same voice for two characters that are like literally polar opposites where otacon who does it for the people and he's trying to rectify his wrongs because he was used and then there's huey who literally will just walk over metaphorically walk over who he has to to, Roll over, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Hey. To get what he wants. And,
2: and it's he, such a dramatic departure from his character in Peace Walker, who was more or less just, you know, Otacon with some extra bits.
1: That's actually really funny because, no, he was he was technically the same. He was building robots that uh, from plans that he stole from Granin. it wasn't really stealing, but he, he took credit for it. So yeah, he, I guess you're right. He, he took what he wanted to get his name out there, or just—I so guess his the the back.
2: seeds were kind of already there.
3: <clears throat>
1: and yeah, I, I mean, I, I've
3: always felt like Huey has been more of like a neutrally aligned character in general. Like he's he's
1: for himself. The, when you see it in the way of like Big Boss's cult, yeah, because Big Boss isn't a good guy. His games brainwash you into thinking he's a good guy. But Big Boss is... But he's the hero of the games. What are you talking about? Shut your mouth. I say that all the time. Every single time I get a... Every single time I get a Big Boss did nothing wrong. I'm just like, you know what? Solidus
2: did nothing wrong.
1: Nah, I'll get into that in a bit. Because he was... (laughs) (laughs) For Huey, it's... God, that actually is weird when when I want to, like, try to polarize it of, like... Oh, yeah, he totally, like, fucked over Big Boss. He totally fucked over uh Grannon. he he stepped on who he had to step on. On the context of big bosses or even Hot Coldman, uh Zdornow, blah blah blah, whoever you want to talk about, like, even though Huey stepped over them a- and Skullface, even though Huey stepped over them to get what he wanted, it's not like these people like were gonna pay it forward to Huey. It was it was uh one of those deals where for all Huey knew, he would have been killed if like stuff got done like look at Shagohad they were I mean probably he killed.
3: They, they fucking pushed him down the, down the stairs Oh, he <laughs> knew he was being
2: used and abused yeah so uh not to change the subject but uh y'all heard about this guy named Tom Olson
3: man fuck Tom Olson yeah what the fuck's up with him I can't I don't stand know. his ass we need <laughs> yeah, to we need, <laughs> his name was Thomas Olson Timothy Olson <laughs> You can't
2: Olson. make that the
3: title though because in
2: death. A Konami insider has a name.
1: Oh
3: my god.
2: And it's Tomothy Olson. Is Tom.
3: Yeah, what's
1: Tom- up with this Tom, Tom- Olson? Tom. Yeah,
2: Tom is short for Tomothy. <laughs> Tom is short. For Tom. It's <laughs> canon now. That would
3: be that's going to be the biggest disappointment of all.
2: This so,
1: what's up with but this yeah. Tom guy? Like what what what?
2: Okay. Um
3: you
1: ever, I'm going to go ever, into
2: more Go ahead.
1: You ever like you ever
3: drive a car in the rain? No, and I'm. I have to. I'm yeah, just scared. Hi- <laughs> okay. Well, you know, like you know how to shit hydroplanes. Why are
1: you telling me shit that like scares me?
3: Because this. I know scared exactly me what you're
2: talking about.
3: When you drive and you're in the rain and suddenly you feel like that wheel kind of. Oh like yeah. Go a little off. <clears throat> oh yeah, we've all been there. You know that you don't overcorrect, but you got
2: to steer you know, into it. <laughs>
3: I've only had one accident. And that was that was that was a hydroplane. But I'm sorry, uh, what I'm trying to say here, this is this whole situation felt like we took this podcast in a vehicle and drove through
1: a thunderstorm, and now we're at the hydroplaning point. Not only did we so hit I, the hydroplane, gotta... not only did we hit the hydroplane, we also hit the fucking pothole that flattened our tire like two Bro, meters down the we road. We
3: drove, <laughs> we drove into the Konami so- tsunami.
1: Konami tsunami. Konami
2: tsunami. There's our title. Jesus.
1: Yeah, you guys got to change your name now.
2: Uh, so, uh, I suppose I'll get into it a little bit. I can't get entirely into it.
0: Yeah, basically, Nitrate wanted to make like a Twitter account and go for a nice little drive, and then I'm fucking. Hurricane Did came a, through and hit a tornado. made us hydroplane fucking everywhere. But.
1: Hurricane! Oh my god! This was the typhoon. I just wanted to have fun. Okay, so I, I
3: like to preface it like this, and I don't mean to steal your thunder, nitroids So if no, go ahead. Down, I'm still coping. So it started off as a thought experiment, right? This is something that I've thought about before, and the thought experiment was, um, you know, if if we had the type of social media. Presence that we had that we have now that we've had in the past, like for instance, if we had Twitter when JFK got shot, you know, <laughs> if if we had uh, if we had more, there'd phones, be no damn
2: conspiracy, that's for sure. I
3: was about to say, there would be no grassy knoll, there'd be like five cameras on grassy knoll, man. Um,
2: like <laughs> well, we know who did that, shit. I got him in HD. <laughs>
3: if there were cell phones like this during 9 11. We would get far more footage and it, it would be like, you know, it, it would, I think it would be very interesting. It's a very interesting concept to think
1: of. You about to say some bullshit so, like the Patriots was right or something.
3: <laughs> so,
1: I mean, you know,
3: with that I being mean, said, I mean, I, I don't know. Dietroy, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's, that's the angle that I came into this with. And with that, you know, I'll give the floor to you, man. This is, this is all you. Take it away. and I Literally. Detroit.
2: Yeah, a little bit. Um, I mean, it it was a couple of things. It's like one, like what you said, where, you know, what if there was more of a media presence? And two, I just thought it would be interesting to like, have a normal dude working on the big shell just talking about life there, because like, literally, I just like how the big shell looks. I think it's cool.
1: It's a gorgeous location for a video. Right, game. it is. Like it's, that's it's that's I,
2: the end of my thought process. There was like this looks really cool, and it would be funny if like a guy who just works there is tweeting about his job before everything crazy starts happening.
1: I thought it was so so that's so funny because like the first I remember when it went up. And the first thing I thought was, oh, this is Boundary Break. Like, that's, like, the first thing I thought. <laughs> oh, I was like, oh, I'm some dude's be doing some, show. like, Boundary Break too. That's all I thought. And then Metal Gear started talking. And,
3: yeah. And, and hold on. I, I, for First and foremost, I want this to be added to my contextual explanation. And that is, you know, Nitroid decided to take a fictional twist on this thought experiment by... Doing that that concept, but with the Big Shell incident, the Big Shell event. Good job, Nitroid. But yeah, um, going back, what were we talking about? Oh, Big Shell being beautiful. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, I gorgeous location. Oh, God, okay. I'm probably, there's some prob- art history major that's probably like gonna quit watching this show after I make this explanation. <laughs> the art hoes are gonna cancel you. The art hoes are gonna cancel me, devoured by my own. Um, <laughs> It'd be your own so, hoes. <laughs> But um, what was I gonna say? Oh right, I have this. I am. I, I have this very like somewhat modern take on retrofuturism, like shit, like like Star Trek. I'm not a Trekkie, but I love Star Trek: The Next Generation for its its aesthetics. Like it's futuristic. Oh yeah. But it's still like constrained. It's of by the times. Limitations of the times, and yeah. that's that's kind of what I see with Big Shell. Like it's it's this this holistic concept, this, this amazing concept, this this futuristic concept that is built off of this PlayStation Two engine, and I, I don't know. Not it, only
1: that, but like the the technology that they tried to like implement, literally translated to like late '90s, early '2000s technology. Like it yeah. tried to, it tried to be something that was like so high tech that by the time we did get to. That the year that, you know, Big Shell incident happened. What was that? Two thousand nine? Yeah. Yeah. By the time we actually got to two thousand nine, like you go back and play the game, it's like, oh, oh, we we we've been having that. Like it's it yeah. was they tried to make it look so upscale of like what the technology would be on big shell where they're trying to cover up arsenal and make it look like this this oil cleanup gig. But then it's like by the time we actually get to real life two thousand nine, it's like Y'all got Nokias in this game? We got iPhone. Like, okay. <laughs> where's the iPhone? Right, exactly, precisely. But that's that retrofuturism where it's like, you know, that's when I think of retrofuturism, I think of like, this is something that wants to be ahead of its time within its time. Period. And it looks- And cool. I love
2: designs like that. I yeah. really do.
1: I think Aliens does it really well.
2: Yeah.
3: Yes.
0: And that's the thing, like you've been doing a really good job of like exploring all the different like parts of the architecture and like, oh, you know, check out this room here and like, oh, did you ever notice this doorway here? Like, you know, just that that leads down and uh, it's you've been like doing it and, and like staying in character where it's been like very convincing for people to not necessarily know that it's you doing yeah. it. Yeah. So. And
2: like I am committed to the bit. So like I can't committed just say, hey, guys, uh, let's let's take a. Let's take a break for a second. Like, I'm not going to do that.
0: Yeah.
3: I remember there was one time when I was like, dude, you really evoked the energy of a middle aged guy in a well-paying job. Yeah. And you're, like,
1: you you're responded- like, well, you know,
3: I've got a lot of experience. No, when
1: you responded to me, <laughs> there was this one tweet I made for, for on Tom Wilson. It was, it, was the, it was actually my favorite one you did when you were out on the deck. And you even had like another woman character there on the on like the the strut. Right, and I was like, "Oh, don't pollute! Don't throw stuff in the ocean!" And you were like, "You were like, uh, oh my God, what did you say?'" <laughs> you were like, like, "That'd be ironic." No, you you'd be like, "Discard the thought," and I'd be like, "Hello." I'll <laughs> oh, perish, perish the thought. Perish yeah. the thought. I would never pollute. I literally remember like laying in bed seeing that tweet like, "Hello." <laughs> <laughs> perish the thought. <laughs> Oh, I loved it, by the way. That was that was iconic. I I'm glad, really and like I loved, I that's
2: the whole point. It. Is I just wanted to have fun with it, and everybody oh, kind of lost. Again, their I mind. was
1: having so much fun. Um, we this. were driving into that tsunami. Yeah, so know. we're 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 achieving. We're at the swell, right? Because at this point, I'm dumb. I'm looking at this like, oh, what fun uh, game sharking! This this person is having fun at the time. I didn't even know it was you. I I, I learned later, and then here it comes metal gear says something metal gear just like oh trying to have fun with you like oh you know we yeah. told you like get those re- get those reports ready
3: yeah they're just playing along they fucked around and we fucking found out that's
0: th- yeah that's the thing when you see like a big official account like that like tweet something like there's that many people seeing it so you got to realize there's a certain percentage of people that are like oh yeah they're they're just having a good time messing around then there's People that are like, does this
2: mean something? And unfortunately, <laughs> the people who think it means something outnumber
0: everybody else. And then there's the other percentage of people that think, oh, can we make money off of this?
1: Yeah, <laughs> can I, I get uh, some clicks off like this bitch? And I was literally saying it earlier. I was like, yeah, within within the day, bam, 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 rumor, rumor, rumor. And yeah, you were printing money for them because they put ads on their website. Yeah, I'm not
2: getting paid for this. <laughs> yeah, you. They literally would
1: put up a uh, an article. There would be like five ads on that website. And Fucking you YouTube videos! Money. Oh yeah, don't he get has, me started.
3: He, we, we have a YouTube playlist that we're just adding, like videos. Are you kidding we me? Find. Of course, it's always they're all exactly ten minutes and three seconds. You need to send me <laughs> this
1: playlist. I saw one video okay. that had like five ads on it. There so, are a total of
2: twenty videos in the Tom Olson playlist right now.
1: Oh my god!
2: And then never mind the articles. I mean, Game Rant is all in on the Tom Olson economy. Oh, they're getting they have paid. Five articles by five different authors. They're getting paid.
1: How's it it's feel? Ridiculous. You, you like, you like, paid for like all of their dinners. That was their paycheck for the month. Yeah,
2: you know, I guess.
3: You fed so many game journalists this week. You know what's funny?
2: I'm gonna, I'm gonna give the world an idea for free because I've been hanging on to this for the past 15 years and no, and I've never done anything with it. And so, if somebody wants to take this idea and make it real, go ahead. But I can tell you where Tom Olson came from, okay? Like, what the core of the idea was. Years and years and years back, um, I had a really funny cosplay idea, or at least what I thought was a funny cosplay idea, which was the janitor for Umbrella Corporation.
1: Oh, my God. Where,
2: imagine his key ring on his belt. It's, like, fucking crests <laughs> and, like, jewels and, like, a, a giant-ass pirate wheel, you know? has got a spade and a diamond.
3: Yeah. Is this the Itchy Tasty guy, or is this another dude?
2: This would just be, like, the janitor. Like, he's not even phased by the zombies. They don't even try to attack him. He just kind of goes around him with his broom, you know? <laughs> he's got to, like, go through his keychain. He's like, all right, I need, like, the red jewel and the blue jewel. If I'm <laughs> this reminds this me of, like... like... He's just fed up with it. Yeah. 40-pound ring. And, like, that's always been hilarious to me. I thought, like, what would happen if you had, like, the janitor of the big shell? Yeah. Because, like, every building's got a janitor, right? And I was like, well, maybe he's, like, a maintenance tech or something.
1: He's and the cleaner. Just started, like,
3: Dude, this yeah. is what you should have been the tagline for your thing. Who cleans the cleaner? Right. Tom Tomil.
2: <laughs> Yeah, and like he's completely oblivious, right? That's, like that's he's what just trying makes to funny. do his part. He's literally getting paid to yeah, like. Yeah,
0: he's an innocent. Yeah,
2: innocent little guy. <laughs> and that's <laughs> like, like why he's not getting in trouble, right? Like he's the he's like Loves one of his the, wife. Yeah, he's like one of the few people there who doesn't know what the fuck's going it's on. It's
3: pretty much a situation. He's in a well placed situation where if something, if they killed him for knowing too much, if he knew too much. He wouldn't know enough context to get it. Okay, If they killed him, it would make more noise than, you know, just letting him Exactly, exactly. There's (laughs) an old
2: Bill Murray movie called The Man Who Knew Too Little. Have you ever seen it?
1: I've never seen it. No.
2: It's a great movie, and basically he's a guy on vacation who his brother signs him up for, like, a spy fantasy real life sort of thing, where they take him and they, they, like, he's on vacation in London, and they make him go through, like, a, a fake spy scenario, so he gets to feel like a hero, right? Yeah. Um, But he accidentally stumbles into, like, a <coughs> real espionage situation, but he thinks it's fake the whole time through it. That sounds fucking hilarious. It's great. <laughs> I love this movie. And, like, there's a little bit of that in this. So, like, it's, it's just, like, little things here and there that I was like, I was... I don't want to blow it up because I'm really not thinking that hard about it. I'm just having fun with it.
1: How does it feel to know that you created like the greatest comedy of all time, like on (laughs) Twitter right now? I'm talking. This is like the grand opera. People get. It would be great
2: if people would stop uh, saying really, really awful things to me because they're mad that it's not uh, a real official thing when they find out.
3: Here's another thing that's like fair about it is that we Googled it like later on Tom Olson and like the first result said like Tom Olson, but because like the official metal gear Twitter retweeted it, like it says like something, something Konami official. So I can kind of see if people like, I can see if like your normal person like jumped in, like saw the Tom Olson headline was like, Oh, that might be bullshit. But then looked it up and saw Google. Like I can see the person who
2: does
1: that would do that. And But, like, but I people just, who, like, their job is to be, like, accurate and stuff like that, it's like... This is where I start getting, like, nerdy, annoying, because, like, I, I actually, like, made this joke, like, uh, Nitroid literally relived Metal Gear Solid 2 in this past couple weeks. That, okay,
0: <laughs>
3: yo,
1: I was actually gonna get into that point. People are putting out information so fast, because they want to be first, that fact-checking yeah. took it back. Precisely. Yeah.
2: And I gotta be clear about something, just real quick. Um... I I I have been trying to like turn down the volume on this a bit. Mm. So I was deleting some posts and and just like that's why I made the I don't work for Konami statement, but that had the opposite effect, which is kind of bizarre. People thought you were covering stuff up. Right, like, oh, that's what a Konami rep would say.
1: Like, yeah. The
3: only person who still likes Konami is somebody who would work at Konami. Like, it was, it was, like, it you was You literally, exactly, it was the perfect
1: recipe. Like, oh, we had somebody
3: that was, was there. It was the irony.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But that's why I was deleting stuff, because I was just trying to, like, bring the volume down. Like, I don't, I don't want this pointed at me right now, especially with some of the comments I've been getting.
1: Yeah.
0: I think there's just this, like, ravenous, like, want for a Metal Gear something it's in a Metal huge. Gear it's, remake oh, or a Metal Re- Gear Re- 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 reboot. And, like, you've you've created this convincing, like, some people have kind of called it, like, an ARG, you know, where it's just, like, holy shit, you know. And, like, people are just excited because of all, you know, there's been the movie talk over the past year. It's literally you know, it's been, so ravenous. This is, like, the seventh or eighth no. uh remake or or reboot cycle that we've had, you know, in the past year. So it's just like, here we go again.
3: Oh, shit. Here we go again.
0: But this time it's actually something cool and you're making like interesting content.
2: I read some really high praise from somebody in our discord who called it a postmodern arg because it's an arg that's not an arg.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's
3: nice. How did you pull that off? it, It honestly seems like a comedy. it
1: it feels like it's no it's it's perfect because the right people were in the right place at the right time it was literally that's
0: the thing like we've let like the people in the discord like that were that we're in you know just we're like hey this is what's up kind of and like you know they've kind of all been laughing along with it but we've been telling them like hey keep it kind of hush just the people that don't it's it's like you know if you know you know but like these outsiders that are just seeing it are like holy shit does this mean does this mean something and you know people are just kind of running with it
2: yeah and i'm i'm going to address it
3: meanwhile i'm in the group chat like i'm in the group chat like oh do a tweet about the cafeteria
1: sure shit there comes (laughs) the cafeteria (laughs) pantry
3: you guys always gotta talk about food
2: and and i am gonna come out and like explain all of this properly i'm just like
1: i but i gotta get there yeah so this is where this is where i ask. do you guys have a lot of people in in your discord like a lot of people just chilling in your discord yeah, a decent amount. So this is the best-kept secret. This was literally the best-kept secret, because if these journalists that are getting literally getting paid off of all of these ads, all of these um, articles, videos, and everything, they could have asked around. Like... Obviously, your name is connected. It's just like you guys said, like you had a tweet, you deleted it. That tweet still technically exists in archives, right? So, like, it's in the Library of Congress. People who wanted to (laughs) know could have found out and they could have asked.
0: You've only had what one person reach out, Nitro, like directly to you and be like, hey,
2: yeah, I've had one, uh, one, uh, Journalist, I guess, uh, reach out and ask the questions.
1: It boils down to this one journalist not talking to other journalists because being in this industry, journalists talk. Like it's not like yeah. they're like sitting in little ponds, uh, you know. Not, not to quote eh. the game too hard, but it's not like they're truly sitting in like their own little ponds for too long, keeping their own information. Like they talk and they and they share to like yeah to get to not only to like share information but to also get information from them. It's intel sharing.
2: So okay, okay, so. To this point, to the point you're making, what then, it, assuming that they do talk, and they are capable of doing research, and they're not as stupid as we might think, then what is your conclusion?
1: My conclusion is they was getting money off of... Yeah, I was getting exactly. here. <laughs> you gotta <laughs> follow, the, follow the dough. They I don't know even think exactly they believed it. What I don't doing. even think they believed it, but they yeah. knew. It's gotten to the point, these there, there are people out there that want... A new Metal Gear game on a ten-year-old engine, Fox Engine. Like yep. they, they, they're adamant about it.
3: They, they want to, they want to write on Microsoft Office 2010. Yeah, they don't
1: care how they have to get it. And these journalists, and not just talk bad on journalists. I get, I get you guys got to make money. No, there are plenty I've, of good ones yeah, out there. There's awesome good but ones, but that's out not there.
2: what we're dealing with.
1: But we're dealing with people who knew where the money was, and they went to where the money resided, and they yeah. wrote their articles. And
0: well, yeah, and they're just like they're incomplete articles because yeah. they're just like, Who's this Tom Olson guy? We don't know. And it's like, well, well, great. Then don't report but, what uh, you
2: don't know. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and to report that, like, oh, it's it's looking like it means a reboot, or you know, they yep. And I don't know. It's, it's just so, a little presumptuous. It's So
3: ironic that it happened in Nitroid because Nitroid <laughs> is the like he's the ultimate person that I know that's like, you know, you can't believe things at you know, face value, you can't just read a headline. You got to look into the source. Yeah, something's presented you know, to who's you. Who's your source? Dude, trust me. It was like a Twilight episode directly like attacking him.
2: Ugh.
1: And then David Hayter just had his interview a couple days ago.
2: Oh yeah, that just took made it out worse.
1: took out his phone. Unprovoked, just chose violence that day. Took out his phone, like, oh yeah, chose <laughs> violence. He's like, he's like, oh yeah, I got a tw- I got a text, a personal text on my phone from somebody reputable saying that the the things happening. You sh- you could hear my sigh from space.
3: Oh, that's what that was. Okay,
2: <laughs> and you could and you like you can speculate that it's possible his insider source might have heard the Tom Olson thing. Yeah.
1: It's
0: for sure. Well, that was the thing. He was talking on the on the Dan Allen Gaming uh, mm-hmm. YouTube channel, and they were kind of talking about, you know, he, he, all of a sudden, uh, Dan just all of a sudden just goes, so, what do you think about the reboot? And he was like, and David was kind of like, huh? And, you know, that's when he was like, he well, do you mean the tweet? He was like, do you mean the tweet? And he was like, and David was kind of like, wait, what yeah. tweet? And he was like, I was kind of talking about something else that I heard from a no, buddy. No, because it's and all connected, then,
1: because this where, that's where I go back to one journalist said one It's thing. a game of there telephone. Tweet. Yeah, it was literally and this is
0: Yeah. Yeah, so that insider might have seen the tweet and gone, gone back who on knows? that and then hit up who David. Knows? So yeah. who knows? I,
3: I want to make a point is that f- as I've seen these articles, I've been retweeting them with Real Housewives of Atlanta.
1: I've been retweeting every Um, single one you've been putting
3: out. The shit has levels, okay? Because a big part of Real Housewives of Atlanta is... The lies! There you go, bitch! I'm telling you. (laughs) But but yeah, no. It's like, what what happened in that situation was Phaedra told Portia one thing, (laughs) and then Portia presented (laughs) it on the TV show as fact without telling anybody that Phaedra did it, and and it became like this big old game of telephone. Oh yeah. Where yeah. It, it it became like illegal it almost became like legal, which hopefully, you know, Tom Olson's not gonna be illegal. But the point is But you were literally that-, that close. No,
1: th- <laughs> you laugh, but he was literally that close. The
0: point is Nitroid tricked David Hayter.
1: <laughs> How's it feel? How's it feel? You got him. You caught David (laughs) Hayter.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Played like a damn fiddle.
1: (laughs) You better hope you don't hear this because he gonna block you.
2: (laughs) I didn't get young, though. That was the real goal.
1: (laughs) Oh, you know, it would have been perfect because you did it after he tweeted it out. But Christopher Randolph also tweeted out like this was my favorite part of the series. And then in parentheses, he puts so far.
3: Ah, And if you had
1: if you had your account when he tweeted that out, it would have been over for you. It would have been yeah, ogre, geez, ogre, yeah.
2: and none of this was intentional. None of it.
1: <laughs> What's next?
2: I don't know what to do about this,
1: but dude, this shit is fucking like metal, though. I love that, it. it was a ride. What what you've given us so far was a ride. I cannot believe I lived this in real time.
3: Nitroid, you you got me down to like I always felt like shit. Like blogs were like dumb, and that's that's another. Actually, um, that's another. Theme in real housewives is that the bloggers the bloggers that's the thing that's f- how that's, do you think i it. feel
1: as a, a a navy housewife that has to deal with like bored other officer housewives that like all they do is like make baby blogs i guess that's another oh p-
3: pedal pyramid schemes <laughs>
1: pyramid schemes
3: we were talking about this today we were talking about you know big, if big boss yeah, so Big Boss is essentially a
1: cult. It is, and I you know, would love to... Have it I don't know, a know if you guys seen my, like, multi-thread story on that, but...
2: Yeah, I did. <laughs>
1: oh my god, I went in. I I get so tired when people, like, have the audacity to DM me, like, what did Big Boss do? Like, well, sit down, son. What, what the a fuck lot. did he not do? What didn't and, he do? And, you know, it
3: kills me, because, like, okay, I'm, I'm, you know, I stand for Solid Snake, you know, He's for a, a, a number of reasons thematically. But because he's a good guy. But, you know, the whole cultish aspect. First of all, I love, I've loved researching about cults. Me too. But the whole cultish aspect is why I love Big Boss, is how he evolved from this, like, like cult of personality to, like, a literal fucking death cult.
1: Yeah, he... Murder he, cult. It, it's the I think the term is doomsday cult, because it's like, he did, uh, I think my favorite re- uh, revelation with, of that was, like, it literally stems from the beginning of the boss, where obviously nobody has control of the boss, right? Like, boss is the boss. She's the boss. But when it comes to John, Naked Snake John, at the time, he thought he had control over her emotions. So when she dipped on him, when she went to space, like, but he didn't know, right? But because in his mind, she dipped on him. So he lost. And that means, like, he lost.
3: Right. It's her. a loss of control. Yeah. And the it's control is gone and so and that what who what happens to people like what do what type of th- thing happens to to cult leaders generally oh, loss of the-
1: control abandonment everything has to go and so that that's when like it's probably one, one of the most quoted lines of metal gear solid 3 when boss shows up he's like it's been like eight years 15 days seven, whatever like you know that that line there's literally him like trying to like where the hell were you? Like you left. Yeah, me and you can read that
2: line one of two ways. Like, like there's there's the group of fans who are gonna read that line like, "Whoa, Big Boss has got this awesome memory because he's such a good soldier." He's and the insane. other ones are like, no.
1: "He's insane." Yeah, he's literally insane and was like begging for that control back. And so he gaslit her immediately. It didn't work, but he gaslit her immediately. Like, this is how long you left me. This is how I felt about it. Is that why you left me? And then there's a line a lot of people will ghost over because the. The codex and the cutscenes are long. And so there's a line that the boss says that's like, but you were looking for a reason to fight. Where the boss literally fights for like what she's told to do. She doesn't go out and fight. She does what she's told. And that's why she's a legend. Because when she's told to do something, not only does she do it, but she sets the standard. But then there's John, who literally... Fights like he, I, I made the joke where it's like this man would fight you over a BLT and it's going to end with you opening a GoFundMe because he's going to shoot you like he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't he, he will find a reason to throw hands. And that's just not how the boss operates. And so um call it luck that John got this opportunity to develop CQC with the boss. But after that, she had to go and do her other mission, which was go to space. And John couldn't handle that. So he lost control. She comes back for Snakey. Uh she comes back for um Virtuous Mission. And immediately, I'm talking out the gate, gaslights her. <laughs> like, where were you? Cause he needed that control back. It was almost like pathologic. And so and it gets worse and worse up until Peacewalker when the when Peacewalker walks into the ocean, when you know, some Metal Gear bullshit happens, and the boss, oh, the AI, she decided to sacrifice herself because she's so awesome, and then the boss just snaps, or big boss just snaps. Just, just like, what the fuck? She's literally a soldier. She's the greatest soldier ever. She literally pretty much raised me, and she abandoned me, and this is an AI. It's not really the boss. It's literally a, a tube, and he, But it's still losing control. Yeah, he just, that was the last part of the boss that he lost control of, and- then the child soldiers happened. Like, it's just like one after the other. <laughs> it was like one after the other. It was horrible. Like, and that was probably one of the best ending cutscenes. Like, af- I, ca- I call them like the phone call cutscenes, like right after the game ends, and it's like the phone call cutscene. Um, but it's the one where uh, you finish the second part of the game, and Big Boss is talking to his men. And he's like, We're going to be revolutionaries. Some days we're going to be terrorists. This is hell. This is heaven and hell. It's outer heaven. And then some jim this, jones shit right oh, there it was I'm sorry immediate. i keep like no it's true because it was immediate <laughs> y'all like some kool-aid it they drank it it's powerade it's powerade god it's, damn it so it's what they said about jim jones is when the people the representative came he couldn't blame god anymore because jim the uh, jonestown was it was supposed to be like this communist like haven but the reality right they the reality when, of jonestown when, was whatever jim jones says he was
3: very charismatic, but yeah. at the end of the day, he used that to
1: you know he used that take to take care yeah. of his own psychosis. He was living in like this lavish of 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 what he could get like build for himself or have built for himself. He was living in like the most lavish house in Jonestown eating these extravagant meals everybody else was like starving. It's just like you know what. He could walk. You could walk up to people
3: and straight abuse them and beat them, yeah. and they would smile and think of it. Think of it as like a, a like a baptism. And you saw mm-hmm. that. You yeah, said where that, have we yeah, heard that before? Yeah, right, Carter
1: boss, like please. <laughs> it's it's everywhere. Uh,
3: and 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 the whole thing about them like moving to like mother base and having their own nation. It's literally and yeah. you know having having a day where soldiers will be like completely needed, and you know they'll have that like independent power. Yeah, where it's the no, same in Jonestown where reason. everyone's
1: needed on the land. Like every single person has a place on the land where in Outer Heaven, every single soldier has a place on the battlefield. Like we'll make sure that you're taken care of. And then it gets into like actual Outer Heaven uh, Operation N313 when Snake goes in. We'll get into that in a bit because obviously that was Venom, right? And then you got Big Boss who literally singled out David. It's not solid Snake. Singled out David and brainwashed him himself. Nobody talks about this. Nobody talks about this. Everyone's like, "Well, yeah, Big Boss uh personally trained David with CQC." You think that's all he was doing? No, he was literally like remapping David to do what he needed him to do, and he also sacrificed Venom. Like when it got too far, this is where I would say, like, I'm not asking for a remake, but a remake of the MSX games would be great with the retcons that have already happened in the 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 games that are out now, uh, just to see like how they would handle. Uh, Big Boss literally cutting Venom off.
2: Yeah, because you could go one of two ways with it. Either it was, you know, he intended Solid Snake to win or he intended Solid Snake to lose. And both are interesting paths.
1: And that would be so great if they never explained it, because then like it would be uh, of like what Big Boss truly wanted. Because then, well, he, how do I go about that? Days key talking because I got to think about that.
3: <laughs> well, I was going to say, that's why I'm a fan of the very controversial tr- truth tape scene. And that's because it feels I kinda wish I could play that. Cause it it, it it does feel like he's looking at the mirror and then he punches it
1: and then it goes to intrude. Yeah. So before then, like when Big Boss is talking like do you remember who you are? blah blah blah. Um he's like he literally is like when you look at it literally, yeah, I used you. Sorry, I, I I cheated death, but I needed to get the hell out of there. By the way, you're the only motherfucker on this base I ever respected, and I technically see you as my equal. What do you think that's going to do to a soldier that literally idolizes Big Boss? Like, he's going to fucking die for him. Right. He just put this medic above Ocelot and Kaz. Like, he's going to die for him.
3: I was going to say, and, and that that happens a lot in cults. They always have that sort of right-hand man yeah. that has been the most devoted that happened in Waco. That yeah, dude, David Koresh's dude. Yeah. like stood by him. David like, Koresh and the yeah, and like, the Rajneesh,
1: uh, the Rajneesh yeah. cult, and that was in like the 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 West. Here, it was it was bad. Like, what was it? Those couple of rich people, like they were celebrities, and they came in and they pushed the one XO out. Oh, it's it's and the XO, like went off the rails.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's always they always try to find exceptional people s ranks flaming buffaloes oh yeah um <laughs> for sure and to like to like to you know attract other people to to the the group the concept and this is i know people are like holy shit you know where did this 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 days come from <laughs> but this is what happens when you put two two ladies in their mid mid to late 20s together they talk about true crime and cults. Who's done like
1: hours and hours of true crime cult gonna say, study?
0: Gonna talk about serial killers. And, <laughs> we can yeah. get into
1: that. It's I true. mean, we can start talking about liquid if you want to, but like, oh, yeah. no. But what I was saying, no, what I was saying was, uh, it's so true because uh, the segue of um, I would say both Waco and Jonestown culminated in n three one three when things got too far. If we take it from the canon of what we have. Where it's like, oh, well, you were just too damn good, Snake. And uh, the it was like, yeah, he... It was into Metal Gear 2 Solid Snake that the truth came out from Kyle. Because he's Black Ninja then, right? Uh, where he's like, yeah, they bombed the shit out of us. And everyone died. And... When in the first game, it was supposed to be like this, like self destruct thing, but in reality, like NATO just bombed the fuck out of the compound, right? And Big Boss allowed it because he was it was technic he he was fleeing America at the same time, but at the at that moment, he still had control because he could tell everybody to get the hell off of the the compound, but he allowed everyone to die. He
2: he yeah tying tying his loose ends.
1: Yeah, he's like I don't. Other than like a certain enough, because there was like what reports of like the older outer heaven people being in Zanzibar. Um, But the majority of them died. Like the 99% of them died. The people that did survive were taken out and experimented on like Kyle Schneider. And then when they were no longer of use to whoever took them in, big boss took them back and re brainwashed them. And it was just hell on earth hell on earth in outer heaven and like a lot of people will be like well Big Boss did what he had to do and to that I say there ain't nothing you gotta do that warrants child soldiers (laughs)
0: That
1: was that was that was that was tough to get through, and it's like an MSX game.
0: <laughs> that was when he crossed the line, for
1: right? Me. <laughs> oh my god, no one talks about Chico enough. No one. That poor kid. That poor damn kid.
0: Those ankles. Ugh.
1: Oh, don't talk. Don't get me started. That's when I remember like playing Ground Zeroes for the first time and seeing his ankles. I was like, yo,
0: <laughs> was holy like, shit, this is. I was like, dark. oh, Kojima, yeah.
1: Kojima snapped. Like, okay, so we're finally getting into that. <laughs> Um, what was it? The red band trailer. Don't me make, it makes me cry yeah. about the red band trailer. That one scene with the, uh, POW with the bag over his head. And, uh, you know, they're abusing the shit out of that POW and they make him walk and they shoot him. And I was like, oh, he really going to do it to us. And then you never see it. So
2: I've got my own interpretation of this, but what, what did you make of the, uh, the headphone plug in his chest?
1: <laughs> I thought oh, that was just straight up torture. I thought that was just, you know, you're in an undesignated prison camp that is literally not even seen on maps they can get away there's no geneva convention you can get away with whatever you want there there is no geneva convention yeah the the you know what i mean though like you can get away with whatever you want they did atrocities and as someone who has researched a lot of atrocities like uh they could have done worse they did do a lot of bad stuff but
2: it's just in that specific instance it seems self-inflicted
1: it does Um, I feel like they were trying to, I feel like it was also like a psychological thing. Like, this is the one thing you carried into OKB. And so we're going to let you keep it. But you're going to really keep it. Um, that was, that was tough. Like a lot of stuff that happened to those kids. It was really, really tough. I actually, I remember the, the scene with Paz where they had to take the bomb out of the womb.
2: Yeah, that that's was, hard to watch. Oh, I actually thing. had to
1: turn my head. Yeah, I had to turn my Oof. head. That was bad. Oh, I can't listen to the tapes anymore either. You know yeah,
0: the ones. Rough. Yep. Uh did we want to talk about the Patreon? Oh right. Yeah.
3: Every time, every time I stream, somebody's like, oh, you guys need to give a Patreon. And I'm like, we're working on it, man. It's coming out soon. Yeah. The trademark. we
2: have been working on it for like three weeks. I'm gonna hop on it.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, we've got we got some goals with it. You know, we're gonna start doing some more streaming and stuff and have some bonus episodes for Patreon and do some more of those like burst transmission type things, you know.
1: Yeah, Shane's uh, gonna get do some it. Yeah. she's fucking and... cool. I, I try, I do my best. <laughs> I think I'm pretty funny on Twitter.
0: I think we're going to do some like live sit-ins for some of the recordings. So like for certain tiers and stuff, you'll be able to listen in live and hear like the unedited version before we, before we put the episode out. So that'll be fun.
1: That sounds, that sounds awesome. Actually, you know,
0: I'm going
2: to jump in on it. (laughs) Yeah. There's, there's going to be some extras like, you know, wallpaper versions of all the images that we made for the, for the podcasts without logos and lossless audio. You know, the, you know, the typical stuff. Yeah, of
1: course. That sounds actually really fucking fun.
0: All the Tom Olson footage. Oh that, yeah, uh, he right. <laughs> a. Yeah,
1: uh, d- a d-
3: detailed documentation on how to do what Tom Olson did. Now Tom Olson's gonna
2: have an OnlyFans. Oh my
0: god! Tom Olson's <laughs>
2: OnlyFans.
0: <laughs> we'll have a link for the Patreon in the description. So uh, if you want to chip out, we've got three levels. I think we've got the uh, the five dollar, the ten dollar, and the twenty dollar. That sounds right.
1: You know me, I'm going for that twenty dollar bit. Yeah, baby. I'm gonna I feel so dirty. Oh don't. You're I'm putting bread on your table. And also
3: I have like a more regular stream schedule. I do a lot of Resident Evil, but I also am trying to do a lot of Metal Gear. And I'm trying to get these two and probably probably Shane while I'm at it. What's up? Uh to to hop on the stream. I'm gonna try to do something for Big Shell Day. Oh so
0: Yeah, you've been streaming a lot
3: yeah dude dude oh OHN, shout out to three dog and shout out shout out they're about to do a huge
1: ass uh marathon they
3: are and it's great but also fuck them for <laughs> rating me <laughs> with like 900 what was it like 900 and some viewers they while rated i was exactly. yeah, doing they rated the, the torture. Yeah. and you that. made me somebody- a mod for it <laughs> yeah i did Dude, dude DRK was like, Okay, this they're like I'm doing the Jeep section, they're coming in ten minutes. And I was like, Okay, get no, ready. Dude. Here's your chance. And then like my two other mods, Stealth, who you know, he picked a perfect name for himself, and Sworn, they like were gone. I didn't know where they went. <laughs> uh and then, and then, they and were then smart. Sworn came back. They got out. <laughs> they were smart, yeah, they were. Smoke break. And then Sworn got back and he was like, Where'd all these people come from? You're like and, screaming. Uh, yeah, but then it was a good thing because they convinced me to kill Meryl. Oh, my for, God. For nitric, I think that's the funniest for- it's his thing. Birthday. I
1: cannot wait for the marathon because, like, they always have that incentive, like, do we kill or do we save? And it's, like, the biggest fucking shit show I've ever seen in my life. It's so funny. It's so fun to watch.
3: There's a reason. Oh, yeah. I was expecting Meryl to die on DRK's stream, and then she actually lived. Holy shit. So what's your bet? And, then- <laughs> and then somebody gave me 100 bits to kill her. <laughs> On my stream, and I, I guess, yeah, I did it. Hey, and money's did, money. said, It was Nitroid's birthday that week. And I said, and I said, here's what my birthday gift to you, Nitroid, is. I'm going to make MGS4 non canon. <gasps> <It's the
1: laughs> greatest yeah. present I could ask for. MGS4 is no more. We love you, dude. <laughs> How did.
0: So, yeah, you're ever on uh, twitch.tv slash days ahead?
3: Yep. I have it in my Twitter bio too. So
0: cool yeah if people want to check those the streams out and shane if people want to catch up with you where should they go
1: uh you will always find me on my twitter at shane hinnant i literally only operate on twitter uh, i am working on a novel right now it's a fantasy novel that i'm trying to work on that's going to be a duology uh it's slow going but look out for that when i start pitching that um Hell yeah, But yeah, right now I just, I'm on Twitter and I do a lot of shit posting and jokes, but a lot of times I will do a lot of dissertations and breakdowns of plots in Metal Gear. And I like to think that I'm a, a pretty stable, well-rounded, fun, sexy Metal Gear historian. <laughs> you know, I just, I like Metal Gear. It's
0: definitely a fun follow for sure. It's a good time. Yeah, you won't regret yes. it. Check you out.
1: You will regret it.
0: Sweet. We'll have you linked down in the description. We'll have uh and the Patreon is at patreon.com slash Kojima Freak. That's F-R-E-Q.
1: Everyone must subscribe.
0: And uh yeah, Shane, thank you so much for coming on. That was that was fun.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I was I was so nervous because I've never done something like this before. This was so fun. <laughs> I've laughed a lot. I'm gonna go to bed with a smile on my face. And you guys said like so again i i took a two month break on the translation and then when you guys came to like hey can we have you on i immediately got inspired to translate again so i'm gonna have more chapters out soon uh should have said that when i was plugging my stuff i also translate the novels um (laughs) but yeah i will have more chapters out soon so you guys inspired me to work on it again so thank you so much after i'm done with metal gear solid 5 i'll be working on the metal gear solid one substance novel nice
0: yeah I wanted to check those out I wish they would have translated those but yep guess you're doing it so sweet (laughs) yeah I'll do my best we look forward to it
1: thank you so much